Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Hello, this is Nathan on the spot. One more time, coming from Orangeburg, South Carolina. We have a special tonight um, coming from Ida. She's going to be live at Dr. Ed. Let us get started. Hi, It's always wonderful to come up to this Tuesday night broadcast because we have such a fantastic team of advocates nationwide that are sacrificing to bring health and wellness to their communities and certainly to increase the awareness of the environmental factors and how they are creating illnesses uh, across our nation. This program is about talking those discussions that are going on nationwide, and we devote this hour to speaking specifically about seizures, seizure talk radio, because if you got the email blast tonight, you know that the statistics are alarming. They're saying that our future has one in 26 people, adults and children combined, living in America that will have a seizure disorder. And this is Christmas time, a time where we celebrate uh, the birth the, of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and certainly a time where we celebrate the evolution of grace, the time when we extend our hearts to be concerned about our neighbors and those less fortunate, and we focus on their needs. This is certainly the season when everybody has the opportunity to be an angel. The Apostle Paul in the Bible said, and we should act like angels and talk like God. And I always was fascinated by that conversation that he transcribed in one of his epistles. And um, there are real angels living among us. You yourself can become an angel and be concerned about your family members and your neighbors in terms of how can you help them have better health and quality of life. And I have a special guest on the line with us tonight, and I'm going to call her Angel Sue because she is truly an angel, and she has the unique um, uh, blessing of having been with me from the very beginning of this movement, from the very beginning of my labor with uh, the environment. She was good friends with my friend Barbara Fleming in Chicago, who was a naturopathic practitioner. She was a master's prepared school teacher. And uh, my phone rang one evening about 8 o'clock, and Barbara was on the phone sharing with me that she had read my testimony about breast cancer on the Internet. She shared also that she had breast cancer and that 40 people in her parish were suffering from breast cancer. And when she brought me to Chicago, to launch our nanotechnology there, 
she introduced me to this angel named Sue. Uh, Sue is actually known in the Chicago area as the angel lady. And uh, she's known as the angel lady because when she prays, angels appear to help people and to help them resolve whatever conflict they are in. And so she has uh, been on radio, uh, been on TV, ABC News. She's an award uh, winner in so many of her uh, literary works. She has a book out called The Angel First Aid that is internationally renowned and is uh, published now, I believe, in a couple of languages, or at least, or it's just about to be published in a couple of languages. But it's certainly gone through multiple prints, and people have found her wisdom uh, to ignite their faith. And she's in, she is special to me because she was in Chicago when and heard all of these testimonies about people getting resolved from their electromagnetic hypersensitivity. Uh, and then she, I met her, and she told me about this little girl that was in Cincinnati who was her, her goddaughter. And that little girl's name happened to be Morgan. And she said, Dr. Lally, I believe that what you have, your technology might be able to help Morgan. At the time, it was just an electrical safety device. We had no inkling of what it could do to stabilize health, promote health, uh, or any such notion. But I promised her on my way back to Ohio, I would stop in Cincinnati to see her goddaughter. And when the miracles began to arise, it was, it was a time of celebration for both of us. And so I'm going to let her tell the story uh, from her perspective of how, you know, the evolution of grace, the evolution of a miracle, because she cared enough to be concerned about a little girl who could not talk, who could not walk, who could not learn, who had died three times before the age of three months. Sue, can you share your story, your testimony with us? Because I, I sure will. I just wanted to say also that if anybody wanted to do a little further research on me, the website is thangelady.net if anybody wants to check me out. Okay. So um, Morgan was born... Um, and when she was born, it was it was she was fairly normal. I mean, there, there didn't seem to be anything wrong until she was three months old. And when she was three months old, all of a sudden, they, um, she had trouble nursing, and they took her to the doctor, and they rushed her to the hospital because she had an enlarged heart, and they did not know um, and what was um, causing the enlarged heart, and they were extremely concerned. Um, the doctors uh, even were telling the parents that um, they would have to have a heart transplant um, on her and um, that her sister wouldn't be able to go to school for a year, and there was just all this going on um, with her. And then she started having seizures, and, um, and it, it seems that there was some cerebral palsy that came in because she lost en enough um, brain function during the oxygen to the brain during one of the during one of the seizures and um, it, it it was just it was catastrophic. I mean no one really 
expected this child to live, and certainly no one expected her to ever be able to walk, ever be able to talk, ever be able to think. I mean, once she started having the seizures, and they were consistent, and they were throughout the whole night, and and um, no matter what we did, no matter how we, we prayed, no matter what the angel did to help, um, uh, this child was, was still having seizures. And um, then um, Dr. Lowry went down and um, used some of what we called the flat batteries back then. I don't know if they're still called that. And um, all of a sudden, things started to get better. And I just saw a video of Morgan uh, not too long ago. I hadn't seen her for a while because she's down there and I'm in, in Chicago. I hadn't seen her for a while, but I, I couldn't believe it. It just uh, absolutely does not look, sound, or even feel like the same um, the same person. And what you've done, Dr. Lally, to help her, um, it, it's just a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. Well, I feel the same way, too, because, as I said, we are... Uh, when you shared uh, and asked that we would stop in to see her and then call her parents and told them about me, I didn't know what kind of reception that I would have because, you know, when the whole concept of the indoors making you sick was kind of like a foreign language. People were highly resistant and highly skeptical to even that kind of discussion, but you had convinced them in such a way that what we had was revolutionary and certainly was worth their effort to uh, check, to allow us the opportunity to um, evaluate their home, place the technology in their home, and see if that technology will work for them. And so what was their immediate response? Because they were warm and receptive when we got there. They cooperated as we went forth to check more for energy loss and energy gain. And then when we placed the, the panel in their house and they saw how quickly it biobalanced the energy, it was like, wow. It was almost as if we had some Lego toys that we were playing with. And they were just totally baffled. And it was almost as if we all held our breath to see what would be the outcome. And so what was some of their initial response? Um, their initial response was just they were flabbergasted. They, they were um, excited. I mean, I would keep getting calls and, oh, my gosh, this happened, and she didn't have as many seizures, and uh, I put the glass battery on her this or that, and, like on her chest, and all of a sudden she opened her eyes, and she, you know, she was very alert, and um, and the excitement when she could talk uh, was was just unbelievable when she started talking. So it was a progress, um, but it is, but as the technology got, I don't know if the word is sharper, smarter, um, you know, as you developed your technology and and made it um, different. Um, better. Better, yeah. Probably the word better, yeah. And you made it better, she got better too. And um, and I can't uh, I can't tell you how that um, child developed. I I'd also like to tell you and your listeners how my hearing has developed. <laughs> I I just um, you you put these little things on my glasses not too long ago and uh, 
Um, it's just I, I'm flabbergasted too and thrilled that I'm able to hear as well as I can hear. Well, you know that's uh, this was this is a real Christmas radio show because not only are you uh, a eyewitness to the account of Morgan, her mom has been on the radio show and on conference calls with me uh, and shared this testimony, and then she archived it in the video, which everybody can see at video.com. You just look up Morgan Speaks uh, and type in the word revolution, and that would take you right to her video presentation. And as you, you know, uh, kind of took us through the memory of her, the evolution of her with flat batteries, it was really Morgan and her family that were the ones that discovered that the flat battery would stop seizures and the flat battery would help people balance and help people energize. And her doctors uh, describe it as it seemed as if all of a sudden Morgan's body woke up and started going through a natural stance of development. And then fast forward to your testimony and the grief and joy that's in your voice being ecstatic about the brand new product that's coming forth in January. We are waiting to position it. So, uh, but it's a it's a type of a, it's a type of nanobiobalancer. We have a brand new one that we're so excited about, and you'll have to keep listening in because I'm not going to tell you all the details tonight. But just know we're getting ready to change how the world views eyeglasses. And yeah. I, have <laughs> I know that. Into, into it, um, I had the occasion to stop by and to have lunch with uh, Sue, and she was, she was saying she was straining to hear. And I said, Sue, you know, I, I have uh, something that I just want to give you a surprise. I said, can I use your glasses? And she said, yes. So I put this new, the new flat battery uh, that you can't learn about until January on the ends of her glasses. And she put those glasses back on and said, Dr. Lally, why are you talking so loud? I said, well, I need to something to hear. She said, you don't have to talk so loud. I had to cut my volume on my words down. She said, this is revolutionary. I can hear. I can hear. And I said, well, yes, this particular balancer of designs to block radiation from absorbing in your glasses so you're not conducting static. And I said, and so many people that have been testing it, because we've had it in a beta testing for almost 18 months, are telling me that it increases their hearing. And, and they said, how can that be? And I said to them, well, you know, when, just like if you have a radio and you have your cell phone near your radio, it used to be that that cell phone would create a lot of static noise. And when the cell phones were near the TVs, the analog TVs, they would create a lot of static noise. I said, well, when any type of telephone, cordless, landline, or a cell phone, you put it up to your ear, it creates a static noise in the acoustic nerve, cranial nerve, which is the nerve that supports your hearing. And we've been studying what is the best position to place it in on the eyeglasses, and we discovered that the best position was at the tip. And, and when we do it there, it 
seems to uh, discharge the static in the ear, and it helps to fine-tune hearing. And so Sue, like a security blanket, she held on to her glasses like a security blanket and slept and fell asleep in them. <laughs> and you know what I did today? I went out and I, bought, I went, called an eye um, doctor who sells glasses, and I said, can I buy glasses with um, a clear lens, uh, no prescription, just a clear lens, not a, not a sunglass, but a clear lens. Will you sell me a frame with a clear lens? And, um, and they said, sure, if you want to buy one, you can buy one. So I said, okay, because that's my hearing aid. <laughs> and I went over and I got the lenses. And I, got, I mean, I got the glasses with the clear lenses. And um, I put some of the little flat batteries on them. And uh, I love it. I can drive now and hear, and I can watch television and hear. This is great. Well, you know, I am so thrilled that, number one, that, you know, this product has, before it even gets to the world, you, because you're an angel, and because, you know, in Australia, the Aborigines say, when you need help, you can sing, and that help will come. Well, I don't know if you were singing, uh, but it was just so miraculous that I was happened to be at Notre Dame University and found out that I was very close to where you were, and we were able to hook up for for lunch and for dinner, and uh, and and just reminisce about Morgan, reminisce about all the activities that are going on there in Chicago, and I just really want to give a moment of thanks to Barbara Fleming. Barbara Fleming, as I said, was a school teacher who was the first person to contact me about the needs of the Chicago community. And I shared the story of her uh, with Sue, and she was totally blown away, and some of Sue's friends, and, uh, and they did not know that when I met Barbara Fleming, I was in severe pain. I had just developed the first frequency flat battery, and I was in a wheelchair. And I was in constant pain because I didn't know I had a severe mineral depletion. I was severely low in magnesium, potassium, chloride, and I had literally lost 30% of the nerve function in my right leg and about 35% in my left leg, and it was very hard for me to stand up. And Barbara came down for the four-day training, and I said to her, I said, well, you know, I'm going to be traveling to Washington, D.C. in two weeks uh, to train some Navy uh, personnel. And I said, you can get it be in that class. And she said, well, Dr. Lolly, Denise is so great in my community. If you can just coach me privately or train me privately, I would appreciate that. And I said, absolutely. You come down, I'll train you now. And oh, now then she said to me, she said, there are 30 women in my parish with breast cancer. And that's why I'm so anxious to have this information, gain this knowledge, because I believe the environment is causing, is one of the main culprits in causing all of us, we're all in the same community, to have all this breast cancer. And so I agreed to train her, and when she saw how I was struggling to stand and to walk and really had to be dependent upon that wheelchair, and how I labor it was for me to just have mobility 
And I came to see her in the snow and ice at her hotel. We framed in her hotel. And she said, Dr. Lolly, I'm going to help you. And she didn't define what that meant. She went back to Chicago, and about 10 days later, she said, I'm taking you to California to one of the top clinics in the nation with Dr. Bob Marshall because you are severely depleted with minerals. She said, I don't trust my skill, even though I'm a certified uh, practitioner who is using his methodology and his herbs. She said, I still don't trust my skill because your need is so great. And she, this little woman that stood probably a good maybe five foot five, maybe 140 pounds wet, this little lady flew me to Chicago and then took me by wheelchair. She was pushing me through the security line all up through uh, exiting the airport, getting on the plane and off the plane. And, I mean, she was just rolling me around in that wheelchair like a nurse. And she took me to, to this clinic. The clinic is $2,000 a day. And when they got finished going over my body and just deciding what I needed and doing all these tests, and I mean, they did a, a lot, a battery, a number of tests on this. Then the treatment intervention, the total bill came to $11,000. But she was a total stranger. I never met her before. And she and her friends and her parents and her church paid the whole bill. Somebody has a question or a comment? I heard, I heard that. I thought I heard a comment. But anyway, Barbara Fleming had triple gram-negative breast cancer, a battle that most women lose in seven months. And we teamed up, and she, she said, I'm going to champion this. She lived the longest of any woman I know. I've known her for seven years. She went home to be with the Lord in the spring. But she fought the fault. She said, I'll fight this breast cancer with you. We were battling breast cancer together. We cried on each other's shoulders. And I was able to, I had a different type of breast cancer. I had black mastitis, which comes from secondary to a radiation burn. And we fought to the very end together. And we shared our knowledge. We shared the struggle. We shared the compassion. And because of Father Fleming, I met this angel, Sue. Because of Sue, I got to angel Morgan. And the miracle of Morgan is that as she began to heal, and her language was not even solid, she took her phonetic babbling and began to babble, Mommy, no, not, no, flat battery, flat battery, a neck, flat battery, a neck. She intuitively was awakened, and she was the one that discovered that the flat battery, the bioharmonizer, the harmonic should be put around the neck. And when her mother finally took her seriously and made a necklace to put it around her neck, she became seizure-free. And I asked her to write that protocol. We went to the Cleveland Clinic and presented it to the doctors up there at the health forum that they had. And Morgan, pediatric neurologist, drove back down to Cincinnati to meet with us at the Cerebral Palsy uh, Conference to say, Dr. Light, please take this to clinical trials. I cannot believe how it is helping Morgan to manage her seizures. 
And the Morgan Lee protocol, I shared it on a television show, and the doctor from Las Vegas that we had on the show two weeks ago saw the show, ordered ordered the nanotechnology, and sent it to the intensive care unit out in Las Vegas where the Morgan Lee protocol saved another child's life, a seven-year-old who was suffering. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we're talking about. Becoming an angel, caring enough to be concerned about somebody who is suffering. Caesar Talk Radio came out of these testimonies, these mothers, these fathers, these angels, the angel sons of the world who cared enough to be concerned and said, please knock on this door. And from knocking on one little door, a miracle happened, and Morgan has been transformed into an angel. Her intuitiveness, her gift from God, the reason why she was born was to be able to feel the vibration of this flabarium. Forgive me if I, if I have to cry because this is overwhelming to me. Now, a little girl who could not talk, she was, she's, she's 12 years old when she started talking. And when, that, when she started using the technology, by the time she was nine, she was babbling, making phonetic sounds that probably a one- or two-year-old would make. And in that language, she was able to get a profound revelation that if we could put this nanotechnology in a necklace around the neck, it would stop her seizure. And that became a beacon light of inspiration for us to leave have that hope that Morgan found, that she and her mom found, and that is guiding wellness practitioners. Who would ever think that in the year 2015, three years later, that a little girl, a young lady who had been suffering 18 years with a seizure every 25 seconds, having to wear a, a monitoring apparatus that counted every seizure, that equal over six over six hundred seizures a day. And with modern medicine in the twenty first century, they could only get it down to three hundred seizures a day. With the best of medicine, with the best of experts, and a practitioner way down in North Carolina would hear about Morgan's testimony, the Morgan Lee Protocol. We would have never had a Morgan Lee protocol if Angel Sue had not said, I care and I believe. If Angel Sue had not said, I'm concerned, can you stop by? We would have never had the miracle, one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. All of these children, to me, are great miracles. And the evolution of grace operating in their lives is creating a global movement because someone became an angel. And that's the call tonight. In this season, in one of the most holy seasons in our time, in our year, for us to be able to become more compassionate, become more aware of how we can do for others and do it for our family. Not just about an agenda to help our family goals, for our family, but how can we be an angel for someone else? And because of the Morgan Lee protocol, 
a practitioner in North Carolina heard that Dr. Morgan Lee protocol and had the faith. It ignited in him faith. And when he called me to say, well, this technology works for someone with 600 seizures a day that's now at 300 seizures a day, I said, I have no idea. I will teach you how to test her, and we'll find out. And wow, a miracle happened. A child suddenly stopped when those technologies were placed in her shoe and around the neck. And so we have an opportunity. We are part of heaven's manifestation in earth as a miracle, as a hope. This journey is not about becoming a, a, a distributor or marketing the technology, you know, so you can have an extra dime in your pocket. This movement is about caring enough to save, about lifting, sharing the burden of these parents that are out here. When I talked to Destiny's mom, and I said, how did you endure six other seasons a day? She said, Dr. Lally, I prayed every day and I cried every day. I prayed every day and some days I collapsed under the weight of just the stress and the demands and the restlessness and the sleeplessness of wondering if this was the last day I'd ever see my child. I thought I could imagine. Because sudden death syndrome when a child is having a seizure is a real phenomenon that can happen in the middle of that. Children are most at risk for dying. And that's why when I began to hear the cry of these children, and I began to engage their parents and see the burden and the trouble that they had to carry day in and day out, and saw the risk that every seizure meant the last second of life they could share with that child. That's when I began to say, I care. That's when I began to bring this form. And I'm so grateful for Nathan on the spot. Nathan, you are awesome broadcast journalist. You're an awesome man of God. You're an awesome soldier for righteousness. You're an awesome warrior king who gave me your strength to stand on. And for Ida, who is an archangel, who has the audacity to get from the airplane and come to California just to meet me, to encourage me, to shake my hand. She made me feel like I was really somebody special. Because I'm telling you, if you think getting out here and trying to put a voice on the mic, that we have got to change our health care to have inclusive skills for evaluating the environment for risk of injury, 